All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 117 of the Whatever Show. Or um, something. It's like 117 officially, I think. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. We'll see. Officially. Officially, um, yeah. We've done more. We have. Um, anyway, this is not the time to blame per- any particular person for maybe not editing an episode or two. We're not putting them out. It's not, I, you know, it could be, it could have been, ever, it could have been blaming. anybody. It could have been anybody. Um, we could have, we could have started recording midweek uh, a long time ago, but uh, I don't think either one of us really wanted to budge on our schedules for a while. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, all right, we got a lot of stuff coming up for you this uh, week. We got a new Far From Home trailer. Um, bring on the spoilers, I guess, so, so say at the Russos. Um, uh, and, also. And, and Kevin Feige. Yeah, and, and, and Tom Holland, who, who yeah. very politely warned us of spoilers. Said yeah, spoilers that, before that is the trailer. definitely a first. I don't think I've ever seen a trailer come out with a, a spoiler warning beforehand. We are also going to talk this week's latest episode of Game of Thrones. Um, Matt's got some free comic book day story for us. Uh, if you, it, you know, I, I'm just spoiler here. It wasn't at all that free, <laughs> at least not for Matt. Um, we're we're going to meander off into the tech field for a little while with some Microsoft news. Their build conferences this week. I think isn't Google I/O or something like that going on? Because I, I, I keep seeing a bunch of news articles. Yeah, for uh, Google's doing build. something. Yeah, Google's always or, doing something. Yeah, yeah, something. Um, but if nothing else, a bunch of details leaked about uh, um, you know all the all the great operating systems this week. Uh, iOS 13 has a bunch of rumors leaks. Um, uh, they just released builds or, or some details about the next version of Android. But you know we're we're iOS nerds now, so. I don't think we'll talk too long about that. So. I, anyway, should we should we just get in there, dude? You know what's funny? What's up? Uh, I had my um, one of my supervisors at work, not one of my supervisors, but one of these supervisors at work, uh, came to me and he was like, "Oh, um, I have this tablet that my other job gave me because uh, he's a contractor, yeah. So he works for somebody." um that we hire mm-hmm. and then like he's like yeah i'm supposed to do all this reporting on this but this is telling me i need this this version of android to do it and i was like oh i mean i think i remember how to tell which version you're on <laughs> um and it turns out that that he's he was on like KitKat or something like that and that's like the highest that that tablet can go to and they're on like like marshmallow pussy galore or something like that now i don't yeah I don't, um, I don't have any idea what uh, pineapple. I, I don't know. I don't know what P I, is. I don't know. I think they're on P. Yeah, no, they, no. I think they're past that because I think they did Oreo. I yeah, they did Oreo. Oreo, I, I think is or is that the new one? Current uh, Android version name. I'm googling. I'm googling. We're googling. I, we have to know. We have to know. Pineapple Express. Pine- yeah, they, that's the one they're going to come out with is Pineapple Express, and all it does is just a giant button in the middle that orders you pizza. Um. <laughs> That would be a cool feature. I, I could get down on that. Um, yeah, this is going really slow. Man, this is good. This is good radio right here. Um, list 2019. Uh, so, you, you know, I, I think while I'm, I'm looking this up, I do want to bring up, we, we haven't talked politics in a little long time, but this is funny. This is just so funny. I can't help myself. Uh, today, as, as of recording today, <laughs> uh, the New York Times released a story that they had basically re- obtained uh, 10 years of transcripts for Donald Trump's tax returns. Not the returns themselves, but the transcripts. Uh, if you've ever had to go get a loan Nothing or nearly like that, as current as we, we'd like. Yeah, it, it was from uh, 85 to 95 or 85. Six to ninety-five or something like that. So about ten years of, uh, and it was Pi. Everybody, Android nine point oh Pi. Um, the next one uh, um, is you know Q, presumably. Ooh, what's what are they going to call that? Of, what kind know. of dessert starts with a Q? I I got nothing. 
I, I, the only one I can, the only Q word I can think of right now is Quixote, and I don't know that that's going to be a make a great, you know. I don't think it's a dessert to, uh, either. Yeah. Yeah. I um, no, I, it, last I, I knew it was the last name of that Don guy. And I don't, I haven't read that, so that's, that's as deep as I got on this episode. Um, but yeah, anyway, 90, uh, 10 years, Donald Trump's tax returns are released. Uh, and it's pretty clear now why he didn't want them released, because you know what? He is in the top 1%, or at least he was for one year. And, and by that, I mean he was in the top 1% uh, of business losses for that year. Just Donald Trump, 1% of business losses in a single calendar year in the entire United States of America. Um, over the course of the 10 years, he'd lost over a billion dollars in those crazy hard and difficult, you know, cutthroat, uh, wait, no, it was real estate and casinos. Real estate and casinos. How do you even lose money in a casino? How do you do that? How do you do that? I mean, it's pretty easy. Uh, you have to essentially not be very good with money. No, like I, I'm saying, like I can go in a casino and I could lose money hand over fist. But I'm saying, if I own the casino, I think maybe I could probably make a duck. I, I could make a, du- a duck it or two. You know, maybe all of his uh, casino owning crony friends didn't let him in on the secret that the house always wins. No, maybe they're like, oh man, he got me again, buddy, and then he just keeps paying him out. Um, yeah, real estate losing money on real estate in the eighties. Like how that's another thing. Losing money on real estate in the eighties. Um, probably one of the most lucrative decades of all time, uh, for, for real estate development. Holy Christ. So while we're on the subject of but tax a billion returns, dollars, billion dollars. Can we, can we talk just ever so briefly about the tax return situation that's happening right now? So, um, here's the thing, guys. If you're defending Donald Trump and you're saying, why should he have to release his tax, tax returns? I, I could, I could maybe see your point of view if he hadn't already promised to do so during his campaign and then just outright failed to do so. And then to compound that situation, he also then chose to use the IRS as a scapegoat to not do it by saying, um, Oh, I can't do it because I'm under audit. Um, to which the IRS was like, um, no, that's bullshit too. Um, he can totally release him even though he's under audit and his audit is a thing that was, you know, it's private between him and us. Um, but his tax returns, he can show them to anybody he wants. Yep. Um, yep. Literally can. So, so then you have every president for the last, you know, since Truman, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then you have, then you have the, um, the, the two lies now that have, uh, happened since then. Um, and then you have to add to that that he is the first president, uh, since Truman to not do so. So really guys, what's he hiding? Well, I think probably most likely what he's hiding is that, that he didn't suddenly turn it around. Like, I, I sincerely doubt he suddenly turned it around. I think our president, our, our billionaire businessman president that we needed to sh- steer this ship like a, a business and blah, blah, blah. I think he's probably broke as fuck. Uh, and I think that probably he's being propped up purely, uh, um, by, by, you know, uh, loans and outstanding debt. And I think that's what we're going to find out. Um, which, you know, I'm just saying, like, if you're in good financial straits, it, like, if you've got all the money you need, you, you don't try, you don't do Trump stakes. Like, if, if you're like doing well, you, you don't endorse a stake, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's what we're going to find out. And that's probably going to lead to, you know, oh, and basically everybody has leverage over him, you know? Uh, um, one big theory is, you know, that like Deutsche Bank is, uh, you know, where basically any of his money comes from right now is just basically loans through that. So, I mean, yeah. that's gotta be the case. He's clearly still got some spending power. So, um, I, I think the thing is he's probably just in debt up to his, uh, eyeballs. Um, you know, 
which in a way is kind of representative of the modern American. So th- there is a little bit of poetry in that. Well, um, and, the and difference though is that the, those, those Americans just get fucked when they have to file bankruptcy. Whereas Don, Donnie, 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 um, just keeps getting to live the lifestyle of gold jets and, um, well, and diamond the, the thing, toilets and whatever. The thing about it is, is, is after, um, um, his fucking Goomba testified in front of Congress that like he, he is done all these things wrong. Um, Cohen, his, mm-hmm. his, his former attorney Cohen. I mean, don't you think that does warrant an investigation? Because I, I would say that that's probable cause. I mean, right? the whole thing just warrants an investigation. The whole thing does, like lots of it. Um, but you know, the thing I think that we first need to consider when, when we go through this next year is maybe that we've been suckered by like one of the biggest con men of all time. And, uh, when, whenever, you know, Donald I don't like Trump, that word we, cause I, well, <laughs> we, we, the American people, we, we, the two of us, the, the host, I, the whatever I show. I smelled that shit a mile away. Yeah. We were all like watching, like the, the, as the train, you know, it's like that scene in Austin Powers, you know, when, the, when the guy, um, they're in the warehouse and there's a guy in the way and he's driving the steamroller, Austin is, and, and the guy, it, it's, you know, a close shot of the guy and he's all, no. And Austin's like, get out of the way. And then it zooms out and it turns out they've got like a half a mile to go. Yeah. And the thing's going really slowly and you're watching the whole way. So that's what I felt like. I, that's what I felt like watching this thing. Is like, hey, dude, if you just keep standing there, you're going to get ran over. Um, uh, except for this time, it wasn't funny. And, um, and really now it's just turned into one of those things where everybody that voted for him, even though they know they're wrong now, they're just doubling down on the, on the stupid. Oh, yeah, and and it, they just come across a sloth from Goonies now. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah doubling down is definitely a phenomenon that we have going on right now like his approval rating speaks to that even though that like you know th- there's nothing really positive going on that he's responsible for but the economy but the economy um which you know he's you know practically actively stifling with his uh um uh tax policies and, well uh, and, I, and i think it's telling that all the financial analysts you know? too where they're like well yeah but these are like the economy has rebounded as a result of of the last of obama's policies that you know yeah we're, we're gonna start to see those decline now and and uh that'll be fun uh when we're back in a recession again so yeah. we got that going for us all right we're getting pretty deep into the weeds now i just wanted to make fun of our big poor president uh yeah also guys um donald should- if you need five dollars i can loan it to you I, I don't loan money to people. I, I mean, as a rule, I won't, I wouldn't loan it to Donald Trump, but if he needed, if, but if he, if you got to borrow some, but some, some dollars, you know, well, he'll just file bankruptcy and then he'll never like, pay yeah, you back. So. Six bankruptcies, folks, yeah. six. Uh, we should get this out of the way at the head of the show because I think sometimes people are so tired after, after listening to our, our, our marathon podcast that they don't know how to get in touch with us. Well, I don't think we're going to get that far this week. Fortunately, this is going to be like a normal length episode. We don't have to don't talk have about normal. the entire end game. We don't, or, we don't or have game normal length yeah. episodes. Come on. Anyway, but we um, should, we should tell them up front how to get a hold of us. Um, we are at whatever show on both Twitter and Instagram. Yep. But we still have a Facebook, I think, uh, Facebook.com slash whatever show. Uh, email your questions and comments and whatever to questions at whatever dot co. Um, yeah. Sponsors us, uh, sponsors of us if you want, uh, that sponsor at whatever dot co. Even if you hate us because we're anti Trump, like just send us like, uh, MAGA in all caps and that'll at least let us know the email's working. Well, you know, if you, you know, I'll if you, add you to my spam list after that, but at least one was working. If you'd like to spend $5, I will spend, you know, five less seconds uh, talking about Donald Trump on next week's episode. Sure. Yeah. I can be bought. Yeah, for sure. It's not even a very expensive price, for, if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> we just don't have to talk about politics at all. We don't have to agree. We just have to not talk. <laughs> yeah. 
might have to do anything. Um, anyway, uh, so on to the, the, this week's uh, topics du jour. Um, we've got quite a lot of things to get into. Um, I guess, uh, okay, so let's start with, uh, tell me about Free Comic Book Day, Matthew. <laughs> uh, so Saturday, uh, the first Saturday in May, as many of you may know, is Free Comic Book Day uh, all across this great nation of ours. Indeed, indeed. Um, where the publishers uh, print up, uh, you know, some random bullshit story uh, that, you, you know, something that would usually be like a backup in a different book or something like that. But they throw them out there and give them to all the comic book uh, brick and mortar stores and you go in and, and get yourself a free comic or two. Uh, a lot of stores have different policies on, you know, you can get one and then to get more, you have to do these other things like us on Facebook or, you know, spend a certain amount of dollars and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so I went in there with every intention. I was like, well, I'll probably spend at least 10 bucks because I'll buy a new pop figure or something like that. And that way we can get a couple extra comic books. And the owner looks at me and he goes, hey, man, long time no see. And I go, yeah. <laughs> I go, it's been super busy and whatnot. And he goes, I imagine your box is getting pretty full. And I was like, no, I don't think so because uh, I think all my subscriptions got canceled because it took me a, like a year and a half to pick them up last time. Oh, yeah. Um, and he goes... Oh, I think I might have reinstated you when you came and picked them all up, though. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, genuinely sorry, because I had no idea. Because normally he calls me if it's been a while since I've been in there and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, it's usually a wellness check, like just making sure I'm alive and whatnot. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so um, long story short, uh, $147 later... <laughs> On free comic book on day. Free comic free book day. Comic book day. Uh, we were basically given carte blanche to take as many of the free comics as we wanted on the way out the door. <laughs> so that's something. Um, positive news out of the situation, though, is uh, he actually did reinstate my my comics with no breaking continuity. So um, I have the entire run of Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps and the entire run of uh, Guggenheim's uh, X-Men Gold, mm-hmm. which I actually did like. Um, and I'm completely current on the flash since rebirth. So I have, uh, rebirth number one, number one, all the way through issue 69 as, as luck <laughs> nice. would have it. Nice. Um, um, so yeah, free comic book day, my ass, not quite as free as one would hope. Um, um okay. Let's talk, let's talk more Zelda really quick. Yeah, sure. Hit me. Cause I definitely played some Zelda this week. Yeah. How's uh, it going? Much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, I have conquered my third divine beast. Yeah. Which order did you go? I know uh, you did uh, the water temple thing. The first, elephant right? first. Yeah. And it's weird because um, none of the divine beasts are any easier than the others. Like if you can defeat one, like you you can defeat the rest of them. Um, it's just a matter of acquiring the skills to do so. And most of those skills you've acquired by the time you leave the plateau, um, which is for noobs, the starting area of the game. Yeah, there's a very small starting area, um, and then you can go basically wherever you want. Like we talked about, which in the last is still episode, like but... a four-hour deal. Like if yeah. you, if yeah, you, yeah, and 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 you won't get it all in four hours. Like eventually, we'll have to go back and get all the hidden things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did the elephant first, um, and uh, that one. That one's kind of fun. Um, that's one of the one where you get your Mifa power, right? Like it is. Where... It is, which is actually that's one of the more important ones to get. One. Yeah, yeah, especially early in the game. It's um, very helpful. So for if you haven't played the game, it, it basically like in Zelda when you die, you're dead. 
uh, yeah. game over, start, yeah, yeah. start again, or you know, at least start from your last save. Yeah. Uh, but the Mifa one basically revives you and then gives you a few extra hearts to fight with too. I think you yeah, four. It's four. four. It's four. Yeah. So especially when you're early on in the game, that maybe double your current life, um, which is very very helpful in the early parts of the game. And the only other substitute is uh, many of you have played Zelda before is you know getting a fairy in a bottle. Yep. Uh, um, you can still do that. You can still you catch can. fairies. Uh, in, in fact, have you have you stumbled across the um, uh, the great fairies yet? I have three of them. Cool. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. three of them unlocked. Um, they're weird because unlike past Zelda games, the fairies, the great fairies, are not actually there to help revive you or anything like that like they were in the past games. Um, but they're there uh, for you to bring them materials and they upgrade your your armor. Um, yeah. Which is super handy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm at the point where I've been having to actually go around and kill the... Um, random Hinoxes as I come across them so that I can get their guts and upgrade yeah. some armor. Um, it's anyway. surprising how quickly you find things that you need, need, need to have. Yeah. So um, anyway, I did the elephant first. Uh, the next one I did was the uh, flying bird thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, which he's, you know, nestled up um, above the Rito um, home village. The Rito are a race that's, I would say relatively new to the franchise. Yeah, we were talking about this. Uh, like my last real foray into Zelda, um, unfortunately for me anyway, was um, fuck probably Ocarina. Like I, I don't even think I played Majora's Mask or anything uh, until basically this came out. So yeah, um, they were they made one other appearance in a different game. But I think it was the GameCube one. Uh, I can't remember the name of that word. Uh, GameCube Wind Waker. Wind Waker. Wind yeah. Waker. Wind Waker. Yeah. Um, and they're a lot more bird-like now. Uh, their their appearance has changed pretty drastically. They were they were super humanoid in Wind Waker and had some bird-like tendencies. And these guys are just full-on birds. Yeah. Um, and they're, then I, they're bird people. I just did the Goron bird Home culture, City. That's considered a dick move. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Goron Home City, um, which is the giant fire lizard that scales the volcano. I like the fire lizard one, dude. He was he was a lot of fun. Um, I also really. Uh, really was like that was the first part of the game that I've gotten to that super challenged me because I didn't stumble across the guy who gave me my first set of uh, Flamebreaker armor. Oh shit! Uh, for a while, yeah. Uh, definitely also didn't buy. So you just doing the potions or didn't didn't buy the fire potions from that chick either because I didn't know what the hell was going on. And yeah, the fire potions are actually kind of weak tea anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, it, I basically just used them to get the armor. Um. As but I think I, I think I probably uh, bitched out, and I just walked in, and I was like, "Oh, I can buy this shit," and then I just bought it. As as luck would have it, though, um, Natalie is a very good uh, lizard spotter. Yeah, and so like I was just catching all these lizards because I she was like, "You should catch, catch those lizards," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's kind of challenging." So I like sneaking up on them and grabbing them. Um, and as it turns out, um, by the time I did find the dude, he was like, "Hey, if you have ten lizards, I'll give you this armor," and I was like. As luck would have it, here you go. <laughs> um, and then uh, just for any of those uh, those of you that are, are maybe starting this game out or anything like that, I apologize if we spoil anything. Um, but the game's been out for over a year now, so oh yeah, man. I, I think at this point, like if kind of is um, what it is, but if the Russos can spoil Endgame in a you know fucking trailer they're going to show at the Super Bowl or whatever, I think we can get away with um, um, you know occasionally mentioning. Uh, uh, Zelda spoilers. Yeah. Um, and, and so basically what I'm saying right now is um, that guy's going to offer to buy more lizards from you three at a time. And he'll give you 20 rupees for every, every three you give him. Don't do it. Um, because the great fairies actually need those to upgrade that flame breaker armor. 
it, it is you you really kind of pick and choose your resources on that that's another yeah. uh you know it sounds like one of those things that it sounds boring, but I actually really like the mechanic. You really do have to actually um, very carefully manage your resources in the game. Uh, if you know for whatever it is you're trying to work on, um, not for everything obviously, but uh, uh, for most things in the game, like if you just give them up, you're going to be kind of screwed at some point. Uh, precisely. Um, anyway, so yeah, I just finished my third one. Um, these divine beasts are actually pretty cool. Um, the challenge comes at the end. Uh, of each beast because you have to fight a, a, a new incarnation of Ganon um, essentially um, and some of them are pretty challenging in fact I was texting Eddie the other day about the, the fire lizard one and um, fire blight Ganon sucks a big bag of dicks because mm. once you get him to about half health um, and this the same is true for all of these different incarnations um, once you get him down to half health they change their attack strategy and Fireblight's Ganon, uh, hit, or Fireblight Ganon, his strategy is basically to uh, float up in the sky with a giant impenetrable orb of fire around him and lob giant fireballs at you. And it took forever mm-hmm. for me to figure out that um, I just had to put a remote bomb into his little suction thing when he was trying to suck materials in. And yeah, that was annoying. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was. It was a pretty pretty intense ten or fifteen minutes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, which most of those battles don't take me that long, especially since I have the Master Sword. So I just go chop them up and get it. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, it's been a lot of fun. I think my next goal is to kind of go around and, and pick up some things that I haven't picked up from previously. Um, you get a quest in, in the Zora um, home city to find all the Zora tablets, which will actually give you clues as to how to get um, another piece of the Zora armor. Um, I've only got the chest piece right now. Um, I haven't actually unlocked either the, um, helmet or the, the, the feet. So I'd like to do some of that. And I haven't, I haven't come across, I think I've only found like two of the memories, um, other than the ones that you, uh, that you automatically get when you approach the, the divine beast. So in breaking news, and by that I mean I just threw it in the show notes, uh, we got a Disney announcement in here. Um, they're pushing back Avatar movies, uh, and we've got new Star Wars movies coming. Neither of these surprised me the least bit whatsoever. Like, at this point, I'm not sure we're ever going to see a second Avatar movie. Uh, it, uh, I mean, shouldn't Cameron be done with, like, three of them by now? You would think. it's uh, This is going to be one of the weirdest, you know, like, so presumably, like, I, I believe at this point they're intended to be a trilogy, right? I thought he was doing three more in addition to the one. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, aren't the next two movies uh, uh, sequels to the the 2009 movie, I think it was? It's Jim Cameron. Um, I don't know that he does anything that makes sense, uh, not limited to, but in, uh, but including not liking Wonder Woman. Yeah, fair. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the, what the strategy is. Disney owning Fox, uh, I think is going to be one of those things, um, where Fox may have made some decisions that maybe Disney doesn't care to abide by at this point. And I mean, some of the contractual ones, obviously they're going to have to, but, uh, I was actually reading an article the other day that talked about the X-Files, uh, quite a bit. Cause, um, you know, if you've been living under a rock for the last three years, you know that, um, Two years ago, they did a uh, um, a season ten of the X Files. They did a six episode run, and then the year after, they did a ten episode run of season eleven. And then Fox decided to kind of kill it there, even though uh, Chris Carter was just like, "Well, I've still got more stories to tell, and it sounds like Duchovny and and Anderson are up for it, so yeah. let's do it." And Fox is like, "Yeah, maybe not." Yeah. Um. And so it wouldn't surprise me now that Disney's in charge if we did get some more X Files at some point. 
Yeah. Um, doesn't surprise me that Avatar is being pushed back because, let's face it, when it comes to cartoon cats, Avatar isn't probably Disney's cup of tea. Well, it's funny because, like, <laughs> as much money, like, uh, the hubbub this weekend was um, over uh, Endgame. Su- Two billion. Surpassing, yeah, surpassing or, you know, soon surpassing. I think probably by now they have, but um, surpassing Avatar um, as the highest grossing movie of all time. Um, the thing is, for the highest grossing movie of all time, I would just expect there to be a lot more cultural impact. Um, and, and there just isn't. Like, nobody talks about that movie. I, I, I don't, t- you know, I can't remember anybody who's like, oh, yeah, my favorite movie is Avatar. Like, I don't know that that's a person that exists. People talked about it quite a bit when it first came out. But I think that was more because this is one of the first movies that was actually shot in legit 3D. Well, that's that's the thing. People talked about it as like, oh, you got to go see this in the theater. It's a legit, like, you want to see this kind of action happening in the theater. Right. But after that, nothing. Just not, like flat out nothing. So. Um, and you know, that's the other thing that I, I heard discussed a lot of the time then was like, well, the story is not that bad. I mean, it's for, for Angolian space, but you know, uh, so worldwide, it's still avatar at $2.7 billion, almost $2.8 billion. Um, you got an up to the minute figure for Endgame. I don't have an up to the minute figure and I am trying, oh, let's go by record. Well, while you're poking around here, there's another little, um, there's, there's a couple of other tidbits that I think, uh, um, uh, uh, this, this paragraph, for example, I'm just going to read it. Following its box office behemoth, Avengers Endgame, Disney has also adjusted a few upcoming Marvel releases. Fox's The New Mutants, which is an X-Men film with uh, Game of Thrones star Macy Williams, was pushed back from August uh, 2nd, 2019 to April 3rd, 2020. Meanwhile, Gambit, another Fox-owned X-Men entry, was removed from the studio schedule. The Channing Tatum-led spinoff was previously dated uh, for March 13th, 2020. Not entirely sad to see gambit not on the on the radar anymore dude i I, i'm I'm, i don't know if i ever felt good about that movie anyway so i'm pretty firmly of the belief that um the 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 dark phoenix is probably the last of this um um sort of universe of characters we see up until last week there was even talk about not even doing new mutants as a theatrical release and throwing it on that's what i was gonna say now that they're backing that one up too that that was gonna be my suggestion i i could see that being a hulu exclusive yeah. Uh, um, or even, you know, like a de- direct to uh, Blu-ray sort of s- s- uh, scenario. Um, Probably not direct to video anymore because that's kind of what Hulu and Netflix are for. Yeah. Uh, or just, Disney Plus. I have, uh, a, I have a hard time seeing the mouse really get behind that knowing that uh, um, at this point, knowing that uh, we're not, you know, we're not going down that route anymore. We're going to do some revamping and, and get the characters in the MCU. Yeah. And we actually might have. Uh, an, a hint as to how that might happen too. Um, oh, when yeah. we talk about the Spider-Man trailer, we 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 will. Um, in fact, I, I want to just hit another quick piece of news uh, on the tech side, and then we'll get into spoiler territory for you know a lot of stuff. But um, so I put this in the the, the thing, and I, I think this is probably only going to be you know like me that cares about it, but um, I care about it, so it's in there because it's my show. What the fuck are you going to do? <laughs> um, so uh, uh, when I switch over, somebody found his big boy pants this morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when, uh, uh, I switched over from Mac, uh, to PC as like my primary daily driver, which has been years now, it's been a long time. Uh, um, it mostly went okay, except for one of the things that sucks about PC is as a development environment, it kind of blows. Um, so like there's mm-hmm. not really a good package manager, you know, like, um, there's not a good terminal. Um, in, look, PowerShell people, I get it. I got, I got it. PowerShell's not bad, but, uh, most of the rest of the world is running a, uh, variation of, uh, uh, Nix, you know, CLI, um, whether it's Unix, uh, uh, Linux, uh, of course, Mac OS, uh, runs a, you know, BSD under the hood. So, um, you get a proper terminal on that system. 
Uh, meanwhile, in the Windows world, you have Command, you have uh, PowerShell, and then you have uh, um, there's a couple of other half decent ones that are just woefully outdated, like Conimu. Um, so before somebody writes that one in, uh, Commander is okay, but it doesn't really properly support Linux uh, subsystem for Linux, uh, which is you know again if you want to develop on on Windows, I think that's where we're going. Uh, uh, if you're not writing you know uh, Mac or uh, uh, Windows applications, you know because actually the Windows um, IDE tools are, are pretty good. You know, like, uh, what's it fucking called? The one where you do the programs? I can't remember. Shit. Um, anyway, the, 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 the main, you know, developer tools for Windows aren't bad, but, um, you know, if you're just, if, if you like me want to do web development or something like that, and you live inside of a terminal for the vast majority of that, you're kind of fucked because, uh, then your only options basically become like right now the, the Is best that one because I've found, you use Ruby. No. Um, it, it's re- really because, um, uh, if you want to do Windows stuff, like very Windows specific things, you download the binaries from Microsoft and you program it in their IDE, basically. Um, or you're using Java, um, which again is very similar to, um, you're generally not writing, you know, plain text files. You're doing it in a development IDE. Um, you can, you know, do Java in, in, uh, you know, plain text and stuff like that. Um, but it's just not the same. But if you get into web development for like half a second, Basically, like 98% of the web runs on some variation of Linux. And so living in that environment is very helpful. Um, you also I, get the benefit of things like package managers. So when you want to... Um, and just, I, I'm only asking because I legitimately uh, use a command terminal um, once in a while. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, that's like IP config stuff, which is... For you, Windows tooling, it's not you, bad. You can you can do that through PowerShell or command prompt, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um but I've authored a website or two in my time and never mm. fucking had to use a terminal um, at all for it because I it's usually just yeah. me and, and Notepad++ and that's so, it. And again, generally speaking, um, I, I wouldn't say it's strictly speaking required to use a terminal, but it's one of those things where um, once you become like you know a power user at doing it or, or you know it becomes part of your profession that just I, I i'd have a hard time believing a web developer who told me they develop web, uh, web applications full-time and never hit a terminal um that said uh the the you know generally speaking you know like the terminal in um uh, mac os or any distribution of linux is is vastly vastly better than what's offered and like uh it was a feature last year maybe it was 2017 when um uh microsoft announced that you could finally cut and paste in command like uh, as in command.exe. Um, that's been something that's been around on, you know, every other platform for like the, since the beginning of time. No, you've always been able to do it. It just isn't as simple as, as a, yeah, as just a, like control V, control C, like control C does something entirely different in command prompt, which yeah, is, which I mean, is why you control can't C do is it, still, is still the, uh, um, stop, a special character and it's, but, it's stop everything. Yeah. <laughs> copy and pasting was not simple, you know, in command as recently as two years ago. Um, PowerShell, you just, it, PowerShell, you can copy from, from whatever source you want and then just right click when you click in the thing and it'll just paste it in for yeah, you. PowerShell's nice. a lot better. Um, it's still not as powerful as a full like bash shell. Um, but it's a lot better. Uh, the downside there is too, like if you're moving from, uh, um, you, like you have to have your feet in both worlds, you know? So like if you're developing on a PC and you're using PowerShell, you're actually going to run up into a wall where it's not very helpful. Um, you still don't, or you're still not going to have like a good package manager and the support for those types of things. It doesn't integrate well with Linux, uh, Windows subsystem for Linux. I guess I should just call it Windex. Um, and just stick with that. That's what I'm calling it from now on. Uh, it might be copyrighted, but let's go for it. It's for PCs. It's different. Um, Winix, Winix. Um, Windex, I don't know. We'll, I'll, I'll workshop it. I like Windex better, but I'm yeah. just, you know, I'm worried about the cease and desist. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, so anyway, uh, they're, they're finally um, doing a new terminal, and it's going to be hopefully good, which is good, too, because like the only current option I found right now is Hyper. Um, hyper Terminal, which is not to be confused with the other Hyper Terminal, uh, is basically an Electron app. For those of you not familiar, an Electron app is basically a very, very targeted instance of Chrome. So you're running a full browser stack uh, basically to do a terminal. So it is very uh, – Slack is this way, too. Like Slack runs a, as an Electron app. Lots of actually popular apps run on Electron. The downside is it is very, very resource hungry for something that should be a tiny, tiny little drain on your system resources. Uh, um, you know, and, and so I don't like using electron apps very often, uh, not the least of which because they're also, uh, tend to be way slower than native, uh, uh, controls. So guys, guys, I, here's the thing. I know a lot of you are excited about this, but I want to remind we do have you to move on. Yeah. No, I just want to remind you of something that happened to me five years ago. What's that? And I was promised five years ago that Microsoft was developing a new web browser, codenamed Samson, that was going to uh, make IE completely obsolete, um, and it was going to be the lightweight, uh, you know, Chrome-like or or Firefox-like uh, browser that you wanted. Uh, and then we got Edge. And it turns out that the thing with Edge is that the two core components that make IE suck are still present in Edge. Um, and the fact that they did not use WebKit, um, which is absolutely uh, ridiculous considering that the top three browsers on the planet are all WebKit browsers. Uh, at the time, I, I don't know that I could blame them too hard for that. Uh, um, so, like, the browser engine... Dude, it was um, five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, five years ago, the five years ago, the landscape was quite quite a bit different. Uh, um, not, you know, shockingly different. I, I still would have probably said use WebKit because even at that point, I think the writing was a little bit on the wall, the way things were going. Um, that said, the other option I would have given them is forking the, the Gecko, uh, um, uh, uh, that rendering engine, which is, of course, that's, that's not a euphemism, guys. Yeah. Uh, so instead they went with their, they, they stuck with their own. I think, I think it uses, does, it doesn't use the same rendering engine as IE doesn't components of it, I think, but not the whole stack. Uh, yeah. I don't remember. There, I, I remember there's two very specific pieces of, of I, I honestly, I honestly think under the hood that, edge that gets are... dogged on a lot more than it deserves. Like I haven't really had any problems with it except for the fact that the extension supports kind of crappy. Dude, it sucks. And it's nowhere else. Um, so like, uh, one of the main reasons I want to use an alternate browser, uh, um, for me is because I want it to sync across my phone. For me, I use Firefox because Google's gross. Um, and then I can sync across to my phone. But even on my phone, most of the time, I spend most of my time in Safari, just the default that comes with it. And then I flip over to, uh, I, Firefox when I want to move between un- things. Unfortunately, you know? I do a lot of stuff, um, that incorporates Flash and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. And so I still don't use Firefox because I still don't like having to download Flash as a separate player. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the occasional use I have for Chrome, too. Actually, I do keep Chrome on my sh- my machine signed out of everything. Because uh, um, it, you know, it just works when you because, hit a Flash page. Yeah. Uh, there, but that said, I can't, man, I, even that I'm running out of, you know, actual uses for. What scares me and what I don't like now is we're getting back into the, like, uh, you know, 19, what, no, t- early 2000s where it's like, this uh, website best supported by Chrome or only supported on Chrome or something like that. And it's just like, bitch, it's, it's the web. The whole point of the web is if I can read your page, you should just be do- letting me see it. Uh, and, and the thing with Chrome is, uh, what I found at least is that, um, it's because they don't always properly support the standard. They'll hack something in so that well, your page will render regardless of whether or not you're doing it correctly. Fragmentation, much like Thanos himself, is inevitable. Yeah. Run from it. Uh, but destiny arrives all the time. But same. there are things that we can do to make it easier. Um, 
and and really i don't know it just it just pisses me off that there's no standard right now um and i don't like i don't i mean I, i'm not like calling for like you know we need government oversight on our browsers. No, see, uh, like I, I, but, I'd actually go the opposite direction. I don't want there to be a standard. I'd rather have independent rendering engines as long as they support the web standard, um, which is already a thing. W3C. Yeah. Well, yeah, is in w- charge of it is. Yeah, it is. But uh, the problem is, is you do run into stuff that's just like, hey, fuckers, um, get Chrome for this, or like we have some government websites that we can only use IE for. They don't even support yeah. Edge yet, and so that's madness. Yeah, that that th- this is the path of madness. And, and so it's like, well, we have to have IE and then, you know, for these systems, we have to use this. And then for this one, Firefox works better. There's no, there's no like standard, but it just works better. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's just, it's all bullshit guys. Yeah. That's one of the downsides about the web is that we seem to be competing against which shitty company we let own it. Um, so, you know, for the early 2000s, that was mainly Microsoft, but all right, that's. Probably enough general nerdy, nerdery about this topic, uh, mostly because there, there's a sizable portion of you that are probably falling asleep by now. So, <clears throat> shall we get into spoiler territory? Uh, we shall. All right. So, we're going to open up with uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, they just released a very spoiler-heavy tra- trailer. So much so that Tom Holland uh, himself comes out pre-trailer. You know, like it's one shot. And they're going to be showing this with the rest of the trailer that says, Hey, if you've seen Endgame, go ahead and watch this trailer. But if you haven't, really don't watch it. There's major spoilers for Endgame. And boy, is he not fucking lying, because, like, the next frame is like, Iron Man's dead, bitch. Uh, and then, you know, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Uh, no, I thought this was I thought this was fun. Um, I, I really actually... I already was super hyped for this movie. Yeah. Because I super like this this particular Spider-Man franchise. And uh, um, getting to see kind of the fallout also because i had a lot of uh, i have had a fuck ton of questions about what do we get with far from home given that uh we had the snap and then now we're post snap and people are back and how do we how do we deal with that especially um considering this kid would have graduated in the amount of time that passed since the snap to the resolution that we got in endgame yeah um, I posted on our Twitter this week. We had a little snippet from our conversation we recorded uh, in our Endgame special. I'm going to play that oh, just over my shitty laptop speaker. So hopefully it comes out okay through for that. Otherwise, I'll cut this all out and fix it. But um, I, th- this was a question I had and I wanted to follow up with you about. So here goes. Maybe. Come on. Work. Twitter. Thing. Wait, the only thing about this entire thing that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit is the fact that Spider-Man Far From Home is technically the end of Phase 3, and I don't think that's logical in any way, shape, or form. I think, I think it should I, be I, I reserve, Phase 4. I reserve judgment until I see the movie. I, I, as do I, and I have questions. Alright, so... Um, Guys, do we have permission to use that audio clip? I... I, I don't know. Okay, I... I, I, I know a guy. Um, yeah. I have, I have Just, an end. Let me see if we can... You know, I'll get the secretary to draw the, you know, legal paperwork or whatever. Um... All right, so I was thinking about that as I watched this, uh, um, or that popped into my head as I, wa- I was editing and then uh, re-listening to last week's episode, and then, then just having seen Far From Home, uh, th- that thought of, you know, I think I was kind of a little bit with you there, of like, I'm not sure about this being the end of Phase 3, um, but now having seen the trailer, I think I'm actually pretty fucking on board for that. Um, like, I-, I think that it's a probably a good decision to have this be the end of Phase 3, especially with the like whole Tony mentor, you know... Uh, uh, there's a, also a lot of themes I'm getting from this trailer that I think are going to come up in this and that makes sense. Like, uh, you know, a, a lot of the fury scenes in this are basically like, 
um, you know, step up Parker. We need somebody to fill Iron Man's shoes. Um, and I think that the, ultimately it's going to be about not him being, you know, Iron Man, but about him being the best Spider-Man. I think I'm most happy with the fact that we get to actually hear Sam Jackson say, bitch, please. <laughs> he went to space. <laughs> that is such a good line. Bitch, please. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I love that line. So, so, so I, I think I'm still gonna, I'm, I'm going to double down on my, I, I still think it's more logical to have ended phase three with, with Endgame. Endgame. Endgame ended with such a sense of finality. Well, I think and I really feel like, like our, I feel like instead of this being the swan song for those, those first, that, that first major story arc in the MCU, I think this actually should be treated as kind of a new beginning. Oh, shit, that's loud. Sorry, guys. Oh. Fries are done. I fucked up. Um, or I got a text message. Uh, anyway. Uh, so we talked last week about how Eddie has a Mac. Yeah. Um, and one of the wonderful things about a Mac, um, which can also be, uh, to its detriment, as we've just heard, is that, uh, all of your, your, if you sign into iMessages, all of your messaging comes through on it as well. Uh, which if you turn your sound on during a podcast will then also make the ding sound. Yeah. My ding. bad. I, I turned it on to, you know, play the thing. And then of course I forgot to turn it off. Yeah. I've done it before too. Yeah. Um, some of my favorite podcasts have uh, people getting text message alerts on in the background, which normally would bother me, but it's funny when they are like, "Oh, sorry, guys, it happened again." Um, yeah, and now it's just kind of a running gag. And you expect it. Uh, anyway, uh, so far from home, badass. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. Uh, what can we take away from this trailer? Um, so some specifics we want to get into for sure. Um, we're introduced to Mysterio, uh, pretty early on in the trailer, and it is revealed just fucking out there from nowhere. Hey, um, he's from Earth. It's just not this one. Uh, to which Peter goes, wait a minute, you're talking about a multiverse? So it, it's official. We now have a multiverse within the MCU. Or do we? Cause that could be some Mysterio shenanigans. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think that's a lot of misdirection too. I could see could that be. they're totally not, uh, um, going that direction. We for sure know that Marvel uses, uh, misdirection in, in their, uh, marketing and promotional materials as we saw with the end game trailers, especially trailer two and the Super Bowl spots. Um, yeah. So like, I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily believe that, like uh, skinny Thor, you know, obviously we, we don't think that we're going to get, uh, Mysterio as a good guy, right? I actually kind of hope we do. I mean, I could see it, but only if there's like a fall, you know, that there's got to be a fall. Maybe. Like he's not going to stay a good guy forever is what I'm saying. Like, um, are, are there any incarnations in which he has a, a, a face run? You know, I honestly don't remember. Um, because I've read a lot of Spider-Man comics, but, uh, reading a lot and remembering every single storyline or, or earth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as 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 it is uh, doesn't doesn't necessarily happen all the time i gotta go reread stuff but no um i just would like to see it not be totally antagonistic at first especially uh but anyway so we're dealing with um uh, this and and so the reason why i think both eddie and i are kind of on the side of that it's probably a swerve is um he's here specifically to combat something that is coming through from his earth that's going to potentially destroy our earth but I don't know, man. All of the things that I'm seeing from the trailer, all of that stuff looks like something he could easily conjure. Yeah. So, um, wouldn't surprise us to find out that this is all just a work. I mean, there's got to be some swerve in in this movie yeah. somewhere because otherwise, you know, like they could be setting it up so there's no bad guy, but there's got to be a bad guy in this movie or, sure. or something. 
Sure. No, there, there has to be, there has to be some kind of, some kind of evil, evil doing. Um, and I, I think probably one of my favorite pieces of, of this trailer. Um, no, actually, and this is, this is in all seriousness. Um, it's super funny, but one of my favorite pieces of the trailer is when, uh, Flash gets tagged in the nuts. <laughs> it is quite by just some random dude that just like, is like rollerblading by or something. Um, I don't know if he's really rollerblading. That's a really dated nineties reference, but yeah. Do um, people rollerblade anymore? I don't even know if they sell rollerblades anymore. Probably. Yeah. They, I mean, theoretically, it's possible. I think, but I, I think I don't probably, though, like standards and practices requires you to fill out, like, some forms and triplicate, and you have to prove that you have safety devices and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. There's, there's airbags in them. I yeah. Think, you know. There's a lot that I like about this trailer, too. Um, uh, like the costume changes are pretty outstanding, I thought. Like, um, there's a lot of different costumes. I can't wait to see how they work that in, too. You see them in the standard red and blue, at least uh, uh, once in the The Stark suit, what we generally refer to as the Stark suit, and, I think. And then we've got the Iron Spider suit, which you actually see more of in this one than mm-hmm. uh, than others. Uh, and the stealth suit. The stealth suit, I think. And there's another one, too, because you get them in a more traditional black and red. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, the, more like the classic Spidey suit, I would say. Yeah. So, a uh, lot of lot of good things. Oh, and then M- MJ just flat out calling him out. Yeah, we'll see if that actually makes the final cut of the movie. But um, uh, honestly, was, I think it, it will uh, because uh, you know um, a lot of people posted this, but like when uh, Spider Man follows everybody to the uh, um, Washington, the, Washington Monument. Monument, like that's okay. At that point, it's a curiosity. Could be a coincidence. Um, when he follows them all across the ocean or whatever, like that, like she's just had to not be an idiot to figure that out. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, um. So I'm actually, I thought that was okay. I'm okay with him revealing that. But although I do think it's funny because basically at this point, you know, who doesn't know he's uh, Spider-Man? Like how there's not many. Uh, uh, it often takes a long, long time in the run of the comics before uh, you know, uh, May finds out. Uh, and she did it in the first movie on this one. So yeah, that should be another fun one to see uh, how that goes down in this next movie. Yeah. Um, and, and we get some really terrific, uh, interactions between, uh, Peter and, and happy Hogan, which, um, I'm all about at this yeah. point, uh, post end game. I could use all the, all the happy feels I can get. Yeah. Uh, that came out weird. Um, <laughs> whatever I'm going with it. Um, yeah. Sorry, J Fabs. I don't really want you to molest me. I, I, you know, I, I'm down with that too, um, because I think that, you know, they really set up this relationship. It's amazing what they did in one in, you know, uh, two movies, basically, um, basically just a, a homecoming and, uh, infinity war, I think, where they set up this mentor relationship so very well, um, that now one of the things that I'm most interested in is the aftermath of that and, and how Spider-Man deals with that moving in, um, to the next phase of movies. So that's one of the reasons I, I think that's one of the big reasons why I like, I think, I think I'm going to like that this is a phase three movie um rather than being phase four because um endgame gives you a climax um but it doesn't necessarily you know give you the resolution <laughs> oh oh that's not a euphemism either no i mean well i mean it's, it does both um you get you, you get both <laughs> but uh, uh the literal and the and the and, and the literary um but uh uh I, i'm, I'm excited to see i feel sorry for the guy in the seat in front of you yeah for sure um well he he isn't going to need to buy gel for the show. Um, that's gross. Uh, so anyway, that's yeah, uh, probably fine. Yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about, about way cringier stuff when we talk about Game of Thrones. So oh, for sure. Um, 
so anyway, I, I think I like that aspect of it. I'm, I'm actually kind of hyped for just seeing that, you know, like as much as I know this is a Spider-Man movie, I am very excited to see what they do with um, the aftermath of Endgame uh, proper because, you know, we, we got a lot of questions um, and I guess I guess we'll transition slyly and, and smoothly into uh, um, some Endgame follow up uh, because it also uh, it pertains to this trailer in Spider-Man Far From Home. But uh, I'm very curious to see how they deal with the post five year snap as in everybody's brought back five years later. So, you know, presumably a lot of kids already graduated out or in college that were in class with Peter. Um, I am curious. We see Ned there, but I'm wondering at this point, is he like a TA um, or did he get snapped as well? No, Ned got dusted. Okay. Uh, Joe Russo has already come out and said um, that the reason that they're crying when they see each other is because they were both gone for, for the five years. Yeah. Um, although given that, the way Peter reacted when he came back, mm-hmm. I, I get. I don't. I don't really get that the, he knew he was gone that long. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, we'll be. It'll be interesting to see. And then the other thing that Russo went on to say, and he didn't like, he didn't confirm one way or another. He said, but it, we've seen large groups get dusted simultaneously at the same time, so it's possible that all of Peter's gang. You yeah, know, I, I kind of, I kind of feel like that's got to be the case. It may not be every single kid on like the 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 cathletes or whatever. Um. Um, the mathletes, I don't know what like the maybe, maybe Flash is actually like the 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 high Q coach now. <laughs> yeah, um, but but it looks to me like the core group at least. Um, you know, maybe not every character that got lines in the first movie, but it looks like the core group. Uh, MJ, Flash, uh, Ned, you know, even the teacher. It looks like all got dusted and they come back and basically resume life as normal. But like uh, one question I had leaving Endgame was, okay, so that dude. Uh, who's has who's doing the support group thing with Cap and his husband got dusted and now he's at back out dating again. Now all of a sudden his husband returns. Yeah, like for a lot of other people, they'll they'll have gone on the dates and now they're married again. You know, for a lot of other people, uh, um, can you just think about the suicide rate after uh, um, uh, fucking uh, the snap? Yeah, if, if it were real, like, like I gotta feel like it's a lot like. Um, did you ever watch Castaway with Tom Hanks? Yeah. So it's got to be a lot like when he comes back from the oh spoilers he comes back from the island yeah um and realizes his wife has moved on and and is like remarried and whatnot like there's so yeah there's there's things that have to be dealt with um there's gonna be a whole fuck ton of that like that not to mention like the practical considerations which I'll basically like wipe away you know suspend my disbelief and say you know like they figure out food constraints and after this it's such a miracle that they you know humanity comes together at least a little bit uh um to solve a lot of that shit but uh the emotional impact of the characters um i'm very very curious to see how that goes down uh you know again as it ties back into spider-man he's now essentially five years younger than all he was already the kid and now he's you know still uh, you've got all the other elder avengers are now five years older uh um, than those so i I do think you know although it's it's a little bit too tidy of storytelling it doesn't surprise me too much the character's uh, uh, um, that got snapped versus the ones that didn't, you know, basically everybody stayed in their age group or their, their, you know, sort of generation, uh, in terms of the MCU. Uh, um, so I don't know, it'll be fun to see how they do that. And then the, th- the other thing that I wanted to talk about is you mentioned before, and we, we were talking about the, uh, a little bit ago, um, tying X-Men into this thing. Yeah. And real I think quick, we get some, yeah, real quick before we, before we head down that rabbit hole. Um, what I think would be interesting is if we got to see a, um, even just a small scene, which we probably won't, and and this is probably just completely my nerd brain wanting wanting some conclusion and finality to this. Um, but you remember when Liz, the character, the Liz character in, in Homecoming, had to move to Oregon after after mm-hmm. her father, you know, was the vulture and shit. Um, 
I would like to see some kind of reaction from Peter, like, you know, she didn't get dusted and she has had a life for the last five years and she's moved on and, you know, is, is married or something like that to give that, that a little bit of more finality, um, so that he can really just move in on MJ. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, I think she's gone for sure. So like, I'm not really concerned about that. Uh, um, I, I think that's, you know, pretty much a done story, but it would be interesting to see, like, I, I want to see some of that in the next few years. I want to see some characters. Crazy good casting with her though, because she's actually a lot older than the rest of them. Yeah, I, I really like I really liked her in general. And I was actually that's one of the things that I was a little bit bummed about is that they they managed to um I uh, I feel like they could bring her in and have her be her actual age now cuz you know, now that we're 5 years post snap and yeah, you know, but they're not going to. I mean, it's just that's one of those things to me that uh is a dangling thread that will probably never be properly snapped. resolved. Yeah. Anyhow, uh go ahead, X-Men. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, the, the, with the post snap thing, they kind of mentioned, you know, everything's still a little messed up and they haven't exactly told us how they're going to use that. But I think that's very obviously going to be the way that they tie X-Men into this universe. Um, I think they've got to do something like that because you can't, you know, it'd be weird if all of a sudden you have these characters just springing up. Uh, um, you know, I think that we're going to find that there were repercussions across time even, um, so that we can start running into elder characters, uh, um, uh, dude, we know there's repercussions across time. Um, just cap old cap being at that end scene and stuff is, is one of them, you know, and it's, and it's crazy to me that, uh, writing writers and directors can't even be on the same page as far as how that actually happened. Cause like, I know Joe Russo went on record as saying, well, yeah, he just went and lived his life in this weird parallel universe and that happened, but it didn't affect anything else. And then the writer's like, no, bro. <laughs> basically um, yeah so um we know there's going to be some some more repercussions but it's not just going to be as simple as he went and put the stones back and everything was happy schmappy ever after and, and all that kind of stuff there there are there's there's still fallout um the other the other possibility too is though that if if the mysterio multiverse thing is not a swerve um they could very easily bring some of those characters in through that you know as well you know there's a breach and these people are coming through and blah 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 and and again i i sincerely do not think they're going to do this but that would also be a way for them to like get um uh uh some previously beloved characters or, or incarnations of the characters into this universe i i really don't think they will like but i'm just I saying think, like i think they're planning if all of seeds. a sudden hugh jackman popped through a dimensional warp or whatever I, i'd be okay with it uh, I only want to see Jackman back as Wolverine in the MCU if if he can uh, be Old Man Logan just one more time because I think that's kind of where he'd have to be at this point. Yeah, I feel you on that one. Um, but I think what Feige is doing is planting seeds all over the place so that they can do whatever the fuck they want to bring it in. Like, uh, it, it, I think no matter how they b- get brought into this universe, I think there's always going to be a point where we can go, oh, well, it was this right here. This is what happened. Mm-hmm. And there's so many of those. Um, and then I'm hearing rumors that uh, possibly in future phases that the next big build uh, for the big bad is going to be Kang, which will be interesting. And he's all timey-wimey. Yeah, I don't so, even know that I want to even speculate what they're going to do as far as big bads. Um, you know, because they, they could go basically just any way you want with that. Like Galactus. Yeah, Galactus, Fantastic Galactus is another, you know, definitely they could do... Um, you know, I'm not sure. Like, th- here's the thing. I-, I wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt my feelings too bad if, if, you know, the next few phases got smaller. I, well, I think phase four probably will be. Yeah. Um, 
And then depending on, I don't know. Here's, here's the thing. I think we're lucky to have gotten what we got mm. through these first three phases. And, and as much as Endgame is, is setting huge box office records and stuff, there is going to be a saturation point where the superhero movies just aren't the draw that they were. And we're going to be back into, you know, the dark ages again. I don't think we'll ever go, you know, as long or with the biggest, as, as big a drought as we were, you know, from the time that we first got a, a, a superhero movie until we're, now we're just getting, you know, eight or nine of them a year. Um, but we are going to hit that point eventually. And so I think they're going to want to test the waters a little bit and make sure that we're not hitting, you know, full saturation yet before they're like, okay, we're going to do this big thing and it's going to take another 10 years to get there because we might have not, not have another 10 years to do it with, you know, as fickle as audiences can be. Yeah. I, I'm very, very curious to see what like this next, you know, what the next era of Marvel looks like. Um, because- she is rumored, which is, I think, uh, going to be a good property and a good, a good way to, for them to kind of escape the quote unquote, you know, cape, mm-hmm. uh, aspect of it. Cause he's, he's just a full on kung fu master. Um, I also really think that, um, the Marvel shows that they did on Netflix are a really good building block to do something that's not quite as superhero-y. Um, I mean, obviously they still have like, you know, superhuman, you know, strength and powers and whatnot. Um, but, uh, they're, they're, they're vulnerable in a way that, you know, Thor and, and, uh, Captain America and stuff like that haven't been traditionally, um, in some of these movies. And, and these are Marvel heroes. They're not even like invincible gods like the DC heroes are and whatnot, but, um, I, I think the, the Netflix shows did a really good job of, of illustrating just exactly how vulnerable some of these, these superpowered beings can be. Um, not only physically, but uh, also, you know, kind of emotionally and, and mentally as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, the whole thing has me just absolutely curious, like what, what we do, uh, um, for this next phase. Uh, you know, I, again, it's, it's kind of hard to think, like, how do they, capture that lightning twice you know like how do they manage to do uh, um something the size and scale and scope of uh of uh what they've done with the you know uh, what we're calling the infinity saga now uh and you know i I don't know on the other hand it does seem like it'd be a little bit easier for them now if they went into that with this sort of plan but i think that's the part of the thing that made it work too is they went in with an overall arc that obviously changed like if you go watch some of the time-lapse stuff uh, uh, of you know like the infinity saga and how it plays together movie to movie to movie you can tell that they didn't really start truly setting things up until very late in the game you know at least until after we got all of our main uh heroes on board they just sort of kept building it up building it up building it up and then fi- finally they were like okay we got to give this someplace to go so uh yeah uh you know this is what's incredible to me is in 1999 we got Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. which, you know, looking back on it now, wasn't necessarily the gift it could have been. Yeah, but he, Lucas, did those three movies, and then at the end of the day, we had the six movie saga, mm-hmm. and we were just like, "Oh man, look at this!" Like he wrapped it up. There's like we we finally we finally got the story that happened before with the Clone Wars and the Rebellion and blah blah blah. And it was a six it, six movie arc, and we were just like, "Oh, this took so long." And they did, you know, they finally gave it to us. Though we got the whole story. Um, turns out not so much because now we're getting the whole whole the whole, story? whole whole or story. Um, but even then, if you look at, at at the the prime saga of Star Wars, it's still nine movies. 
Yeah, and it's taken since 1977, and this is you know this is 2019 now. Yeah, to do it. Um, so it's a 32 year arc, 42 year arc. Sorry, word. Um, and Marvel just flat out gave us 22, counting Spider-Man, 23 movies to finish their, you know, saga, their infinity saga as it, as it, as it is. And they did it in 11 years. And it's not even like these movies all suck. A couple of them are a little bit uh, subpar compared to the rest of them. A lot of them are average to above average but there's some really good movies in there you know the, one of the things they're going to have an uphill battle in this time this time around too is um they're not going to have as many characters especially uh, as many of the big the big tentpole characters to set up um so one of the you know thing about you know especially phase one was you get to do iron man the hulk uh captain america and thor uh their first movies um you get to do that you know so that's uh, practically the entire phase one and they they introduced uh widow and uh hawkeye in in really smart ways correct yeah um, as as supporting characters to the point where 11 years later uh widow is you know finally getting her own movie well and and also like look at her role in endgame like it went from she's kind of a skeevy spy in iron man 2 to she's kind of running the show you know five years post snap yeah i thought that was amazingly well done by bt dubs Um, Uh, and like the perfect thing for her character for that movie but yeah it it, well it gave closure to her arc uh as well uh so you're right though because now we've got obviously uh tony stark who's no longer a factor Mm -hmm. cap is old He's he's out of the picture. Like that, they didn't kill Cap, but he's dead as far as the script's concerned. They could go Secret Empire and and have a Cosmic Cube um, rejuvenate him, though. Oh, there's lots of ways that they could bring him back. I'm just saying, like, there's, there's real world constraints, and the there's, thing is, there's I so think, many, there's so I many things is, they set them up uh, themselves up as a possibility to do. Like, obviously, the door is open for Chris Evans to come back and reprise his role if he ever wanted to. Yeah, the same goes for Robert Downey. Uh, like, sure. th- th- if if either of the guys want to come back, but the the thing is, that's not you know they didn't kill him off to have them come back. They killed him off, you know, because he's done. Like, I, that's it. I, that's I it. think with Tony he's especially, done. like, you, you make his death meaningless if you do end up bringing him back. Um, yeah, I mean, someday maybe, uh, but like, if I if I see him in the next five years, it will be kind of a diminishing, uh, uh, you know, the whole thing with Endgame. So, um, but. Yeah, I, I just I don't see that happening. Like I don't see them bringing uh, um, Robert Downey back. I don't see Chris Evans returning. Uh, I think the biggest gun soon. we have coming back from any of them right now is probably um, Thor. Yeah, because I I fully as Guardians of the Galaxy. I I, I yeah I, I gotta believe he's in Guardians three. Uh, yeah, I I think that's definitely the way they're gonna go, and that actually I think is gonna be probably that 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 has all the makings of amazing. Oh, for sure. I think, I think ever since their, their, um, initial meeting in, uh, Infinity War, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is, this is where this character should have been the entire time. Yeah. You know? Well, Um, and that's the other thing too. Like the, Thor is the only character that like got a soft reboot midstream, you know, basically with Ragnarok. And it's just so much better of a way to go with him. So uh, Hulk, Hulk, you know, Hulk got played by a different actor. It's not the same thing. Well, it was because if you look at the tone of, of Incredible Hulk compared to what Hulk was later well, on, I, that, what I'm saying though is I, I I did I've just I was just watching Incredible Hulk a while back and there's an evolution to that character, but it's not just a straight up like no we need to go in a completely different direction like, um, 
but I, I I do think I do think they took uh, quite a bit of care with Thor for sure. Well, look at look at look at Hemsworth. Hemsworth was even talking about maybe not even acting anymore after yeah um, one of these movies. I don't remember which one. Probably the Dark World. Um, and then all of a sudden they do Ragnarok and maybe making movies was fun again because now he's popping up all over the place and or maybe he was just trolling everybody when he was like, hey guys, I'm not gonna do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, but either way, um. I think I think Hemsworth has kind of found his home um with the character of Thor uh and and it's amongst the Guardians. Yeah, I think that's a great way to go also too because I you know as we move into the next phase it's hard for me to picture them doing you know like three more Thor movies. It even right. gets weird. I think you know we're we're going to be at Guardians 3 now. Um so I don't know how many you know Guardians movies we we get to are like uh, with this next phase are we really getting into heavy sequel territory? Um Black Panther 2 yeah, uh, I think that's a given, right? That, that that is a given. It's on the it's on the list. You know, I I don't know. I I should probably Google it because there's probably enough information out there that I, I could probably I get the necessarily names buy of the all of the movies that, movies that that are listed right now for Phase Four because I just don't know. It's hard because Disney hasn't actually announced a, yeah. a full on Phase Four roster, but uh, well, let's let's Google and see. Yeah, what they've got MCU Phase Four and more. Let's see if this is anything. Um. Black Widow standalone, um, an ad- adaptation of Eternals, which I don't even know what that is. I'll have to put on my nerd glasses again. Mm. Uh, Black Panther two, a Shang Chi movie, um, which we did talk about briefly, mm-hmm. and then two more twenty twenty movies on the calendar with no title. Okay, and three untitled films planned for twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. So you got to believe the X Men. Are in there somewhere for those? I, I, I uh, near guarantee. Or in Fantastic fact, Four. I, I or think they'll. Both. I think they'll probably be trying to get to Fantastic Four and the X Men like sooner than later. Like it, I think probably as soon as that ink was dry, um, they started developing those movies. Yeah, um, and then Guardians three. So it looks like two sequels and then probably a prequel for uh, Black Widow. Although they don't have to do a prequel, um, they could come up with some shenanigans with the Soul Stone, and and uh, they could. Uh, I was talking to Bailey about this yesterday, I think, where they could um, actually just be like, well, I mean, we've already got our answer for that. Like, they just went and jacked Gamora out of the timeline. But here's the thing. Um, they're not exactly following all of the rules when it comes to the Infinity Stones. So instead of the Soul Stone being this thing that just hogs these souls um, forever and you never see them again, what if it's more like a an exchange kind of a thing? So, like, we already know that cap took the stone back yeah and put it in place so what's to say that when thanos sacrifices gamora in the prime timeline that it doesn't shoot black widow out somewhere else and that she's actually still out there in a different like she just, Dude, just that that's an intriguing idea I, I, and i'm not saying that they they, they are going to do it because that's not the way the soul stone works and she's traditionally been, she's just been hanging around for like two years waiting to co- come back out so she doesn't fuck up the timeline yeah yeah, so I mean, it's right now we're t- we're accepting it as a given that the Black Widow movie is a is a prequel, but it doesn't have to be. There are ways oh, that mean, they could make it not. It's, it's always comic books. Comic books can do whatever they want. That's one of the fun things about the medium. So it's kind of like Supernatural in that is anybody really dead? Ever? Yeah. All right, I, I, that's good for me. Let's let's take a break, and then we're gonna come back and uh, talk Game of Thrones. Word. All right, kids, we're back. Um, so we're back to talk about Game of Thrones. We are, of course, on episode four. Should we should we address the elephant in the room before we talk about Game of Thrones? Shall we? So Eddie and I are doing something that we have literally never done before. 
I did um, it for one well, episode. One he has, time. yes. One. But as a group effort, we have not no. done this before. Um, we are podcasting sans beer. We are stone cold sober right now. I, yeah, tell if it's a, tell somebody tell me if it's better or worse. Uh, yeah, maybe 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 this is just the worst idea ever. And they're like, <laughs> "Is this your first time podcasting?" It really sounds like your first episode. I hope not. I yeah. really hope it doesn't sound like that. Or but. maybe like the longtime listeners are like, "What the hell? They sound coherent. <laughs> why? Why is why is the fat one not slurring his speech?" Yeah. We're an hour and a half in, and I can still understand. Like, it's not all just s's strung together. Um, and, and so here's the thing. Um, it's not for any existential reason um or even financial like both of us can afford beer um we just no, I, yeah. I don't have any in the house right now um i so to tell you this story i have to go back a little bit um and tell you that prior to our last episode um the episode that we recorded before that was months and months prior uh, yeah, yeah. to and um I'm fairly confident in saying there's probably about 60 pounds less of us now. Um, You're probably right. Than there was. I know that over, like, since February, I've actually lost 27 and a half pounds. Um, I started losing in October. Um, yeah. And, and so 60 pounds is probably conservative, actually. Yeah. And I did, I did, um, finally drop below the 240 pound mark, uh, yesterday. And so my entire reason for not drinking beer is, uh, every time I drink beer, I get bloated and I put on like two to three pounds easily. <laughs> um, and it, it's mostly water weight and it goes away in a couple of days, but like, I just, I've, I've really fought to get down below that mark. Dude. Um, and yeah. didn't want to just like blow myself up, uh, in, and over the course that of scale, one podcast. That scale gets punishing. I, I was talking to, uh, you know, have talked to a lot of people about this because, you know, people ask you, well, what are you doing? What do you, and, and mostly it's like, well, you get a streak going. And then you can't break it. Like, yeah. that's the thing for yeah. me. Like, you see that thing drop a quarter of a pound, a quarter of a pound, a quarter of a pound, a quarter of a pound. And then it's like, well, no, I, I got it. I got it. Well, and there's some instances where I'm totally okay. And I'll just be like, okay, whatever. Fuck it this weekend. And I'll gain like five pounds. And then, but I can, yeah. I can make it up usually within a week. I'm, I'm not, you know, it's fun too. Cause the further out you get, um, it, it actually gets hard. Like these days I can't, I can't really even, you know, do that thing where I gain five pounds in a weekend. Cause I just can't fucking eat that much food anymore. Like like yeah there's there's just a lot of things that like i i just sometimes i stop and i wonder how i ever did that like the only thing that i still have a serious penchant for gluttony on is is beer like i i can still put down you know like if, uh, a a sizable portion of uh, uh god's, yeah. god's greatest gift to beverages um well that's just it i mean we got this weekend coming up and um and but the following weekend is my birthday weekend i'm gonna drink beer oh for fucking sure um, dude so my my first my yeah, first and, priority. And it's a pay per view, so it is. There's yeah. no way we're doing a sober pay per view of everybody. And just it's not happening. <laughs> my my first my first priority right now is making sure that I've lost enough weight by the time my birthday rolls around that when I do gain the unknowable four to five pounds, yeah. that it's uh, that it's fine. The other thing too is um, a uh, fellow contributor in front of the show, Bryce Summers, um, is actually getting married um at the end of June, and I am in that wedding, and I bought clothes that uh if I continue my current weight loss trend will fit me just fine. But if I don't, <laughs> is it, is it going to be like, a, I might look a little awkward up there. <laughs> yeah. Is it going to be like a button's going to fly off and kill some I mean, granny? Probably, or... probably not going to kill anybody, but yeah. Uh, There's a distinct chance that if if you sneeze or something like eight buttons are going to shoot off like a fucking sort of uh, fat Matt shrapnel. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, so I'm really trying I, to avoid. No judgment. I've been there. Yeah. I'm really trying to avoid that. Um, although at least i'm I'm feeling less pressure this time around because I've been involved in several weddings, and it's usually as the best man, and so I have to do all this stuff yeah hey. <laughs> you, 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 you're welcome no yeah. uh, and then uh 
um this one this one's cool because uh sam sam is the best man um and i just kind of get to hang out and take direction and and you know throw out the occasional opinion every once in a while and i don't really have to be responsible for anything so i like it that's the life yeah yeah uh i'll still yeah. have to wear a tuxedo which is nice it's uh it's, no tuxes no good good man yeah i you know what it, Maybe, maybe now that I've lost some weight, the thing is, I've never had a tuxedo. I think that I felt like properly, like I always get measured and whatever, but every time I, I, I have worn a tuxedo, which is granted only a handful of times at this point, um, I always feel like that little kid who's wearing his dad's clothes. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's just that I don't like the way tuxedos fit, but yeah, I never, you'd think I'd walk out feeling like fucking James Bond or something like that, but instead it's like, now this is just way too, I don't like it. Your wedding was actually the first time anybody ever called me Burly. <laughs> and it was the lady that was fitting me for the tux nice and i'm like really yeah. come on lady that's that's a good euphemism but then yeah, i was like I, not. I i'll show you burly all right <laughs> um so you should go back to her and be like who's burly now bitch uh i mean I she should just be like i don't know who you are i don't yeah and and really i, I wish her the best i yeah. hope i hope everything works out fine for her yeah um all right, so shall we get into Game of Thrones then? <laughs> I suppose. Uh, speaking um, of things, I'm going to have to find colorful euf- euphemisms not to insult. Man, I was not a fan of this episode. Uh, dude, okay, so uh, this episode's getting a lot of backlash uh, for a lot of different reasons. Um, Here's the thing. Um, so somebody put this rather succinctly on Reddit, which I, I, I didn't really think of it in these terms before, but now that I do, I totally agree with it. Um, so it used to be, in previous seasons, the show would piss you off um, because they'd, they'd kill one of your favorite characters. Um, but it, it didn't piss you off because it didn't make any sense. You know, like, uh, the, you know, the show would piss you off because Ned Stark dies almost at his own hand from, you know, being overly honorable, but that's the character of Ned Stark. That's what should happen. Um, the thing that pisses me off here is a combination of sort of lazy writing and, um, uh, unfulfilling, uh, uh, sort of character movements that I just, I don't like, you know, like, so let, let, let's, the biggest elephant in the room, I think, when it comes to character pro- character progression this season is the whole Mad Queen arc, which the first time I truly thought we were going to go the Mad Queen-, Queen route was this episode. And that's just not how I should feel. That There should be lots and lots of little inklings leading up to that. Um, this is the first time I, f- I truly felt like D- Danny was getting out of control, power dude, hungry. Dude, like, it really feels just like they don't know what they're doing. A little bit. And, and, and then there's just the, the laziness of the writing. Like... Uh, 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 you know, again, I think we mentioned up top. Okay. So if we haven't yet, I, I don't think I've spoiled too much at this point, but if we haven't mentioned already that we're going to spoil Game of Thrones, we are certainly going to spoil the most recent episode. Uh, so the second thing that pisses me off, like, is just the lazy writing sort of aspects of like, um, how did we take out a dragon? Well, he got shot down by an easily visible, uh, um, sort of, uh, uh, you know, boat contraption by, by an entire fleet of boats hidden behind a rock. Yeah, a a rock. It it wasn't like a magical three dimensional, you know, like it surrounds you in four D rock. It was just a fucking rock, dude. If, if you're familiar with the Oregon coast, uh, we've got one just off of, off the the coast in Pacific City. That's almost the exact rock. Yeah, and and I get you know like if it, it would be a great spot to ambush other boats on the same plane. Uh, but if if you're a fucking dragon, you can fly up above and you can see shit. You There's know, like, that whole third dimension thing that I think they yeah, weren't accounting that, for. That is sort of like one of the big aspects of the dragons is you can fly them up in the air and you they, can see and scout. They, and they played like this game like a side scroller. I think is the problem. Yeah, it, nobody told them that like they 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 could jump or something like that. So like there, there's just like that sort of lazy bullshit that I just. I cannot get behind. Um, uh, and I, I still, you know, when we talked about the last episode, one of the things that I, I said that I wasn't really sure about, and I, I'm not sure if I like the direction is for me, the overarching story, um, has always been like, it's been background in the show. 
uh, up, up until very, very recently. Um, but the White Walkers, you know, it's humanity versus the White Walkers. And how does that whole shit play down? Uh, and then we get to the last episode and the Night King's gone. The White Walkers are gone. And now we're just going to go back and do regular political bullshit and have another big battle. You know, uh, that that is like, uh, you know, if, if that's truly how the show culminates, I'm not it's not going to be I, I think that's that's going to be probably sad for me because I, I will be very disappointed in that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, they still have a chance to do a wrap up uh, that, that's fulfilling, but right now I'm looking at it and just saying, okay, so the final battle is, uh, Cersei kill- getting killed, uh, uh, Daenerys killing John probably, or trying to kill John. And then one of them, you know, tragically has to die at the hands of the other. So the other one can assume the throne or they both die and it ends up being uh, queen, queen Sansa and, and King Tyrion. Uh, um, but I, I don't know that just the way they're going right now. I just, yeah, I, I don't think they've really earned the character progression with Daenerys this, this episode at all. Um, so that's, that's really chintzy as shit. And then, you know, just the stupidity and some of the ways that they've chosen to put characters together, have them kill each other, etc. Yeah. Um, and I almost wasn't going to bring this up because I don't necessarily know that I agree with every, every, um, ounce of, of the vitriol they're getting over the, um, Sansa piece of the story. Um, this, this episode wasn't very me too friendly in terms of, um, they're being attacked pretty heavy online right now, um, about, uh, Sansa crediting, uh, Ramsey and Littlefinger for her, um, character development, which, I mean, uh, on one hand, you can look at it and say that, yes, uh, um, the victims who survive uh, are changed by by their experience, um, and that's one thing. But it's kind of another just to be like, oh no, it's it's fine that you didn't remove me from that situation, and I'm totally okay with getting raped now because this is this is yeah. where I am. Um, and and I don't think they're handling that situation very tactfully. Um, but uh, I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna say that that was the biggest issue with this with this episode because it certainly wasn't the biggest so, issue with this episode is really directionless uh, writing uh, at this point. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I I hadn't seen any of that actually. Um, and when I think about it, I can kind of see where both sides are coming from because on the one hand, truly that is very very good people on so, both sides. Th- yeah, good good people. Uh, the rapists and the rapies. No, 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 no. That's bad. That's bad. We can agree the rapists are bad. Um, you know at least maybe we should be able to yeah we yeah. also should be able to agree that nazis are bad but you know there are the... it's it's a tough world we live in yeah. um so anyway i can kind of i can kind of see both sides of the argument like i can see people being offended by that like as sort of like glorifying the act I, and, and you know like i absolutely don't think that that was what the writers intended to to convey yeah no and then and that's where i was saying that and, the other side here is i think the thing is like it truly is a big part of her character progression in that it destroyed the naivety uh, of her right, and right. It, it more in a way it destroys her innocence because the problem with sansa in the early seasons is is purely the first the, six not even the early seasons like yeah. it's literally like well i guess season five is when kind of the bad shit happens to her and she kind of starts to have a little well, bit of an arc, even when but, you start getting into the joffrey shit so that going all the way back to season two or three you start seeing that um but it's like that destruction of her innocence like it's not meant to be like a uh uh she's not saying it as like oh yeah everybody should get a little rape now and then so it really help you grow up you know i think what she's saying is like that that's what took the last of her innocence away and in, in, in a way it leaves her just as damaged and broken as you think because now she's suspicious of everything you know like daenerys uh, uh and maybe she's going to prove right on this one in the long term but only because they're you know being lazy with how they've written it but the you know amount of you know side eyes she's given daenerys so far this season has been to me one of the things that i thought was also kind of a little chintzy it was like you know the is this just needless drama at this point? 
point. I get that that's Game of Thrones and you can't have everybody be friends all the time, but like seriously, she's got dragons and she just saved your ass like a lot. So, um, yeah, maybe get on board a little. I bit. really feel like that that whole um, that that animosity between those two is is completely contrived, and and it I think it does a disservice to the story. Well, I, I think, I think that they're, they're trying to earn the Mad Queen thing. Like, I, and I think that's, um, you know, they're going to come back and say, well, see, see, of course Sansa shouldn't have trusted her. And if everybody just believed Sansa at the time, we'd look at how everything would have turned out differently. That's so and I think, stupid because but again, they spent seven fucking years, like, trying to establish her as the hero. Yeah, but that's the lazy, like, that's the, the, the writing really not doing its job telling the story the way that they want to tell it. So if, if they wanted to do that, there should have been, there should have been subtle plans, like, all throughout the, the, the series. And, and of course, I mean, I guess you can go back and be like, well, she let, you know, Drago pour gold over her, bro- her own brother. But like that guy was a fucking bag of dicks. Yeah. I mean, after years and years of abuse. And I think, isn't it canon Daenerys was raped by Viserys like several times, lots of times? I honestly, you've if read not, the books. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I have uh, not. It's been a long so. time since I've read it. So I'm, I'm not super sure. It might have just been that she was just kind of getting pimped out left and right. Um, I definitely, I definitely feel like he obviously would have sold her to the highest bidder. He definitely beat her. Like he definitely beat her all yeah. the time. Um, and so, you know, that's the thing with her too. Like in, in a lot of ways, I think Daenerys is sort of, uh, um, she goes through a lot of the same stuff that Sansa does just way faster. Um, yeah. and, and so she gets to the cold hard stage a lot quicker. Uh, and so with Daenerys, the thing is though, like up until, you know, right now, basically they've always portrayed her as just, if just very harsh, like, so she'll execute all the slave traders in Marine, for example. Um, like it's just, uh, uh, or as in it, it, it comes from a just place. Is it the right action as, as far as like, you know, did, did we enact the, um, you know, in a perfectly just manner? Probably not. I mean, for a medieval fantasy setting, though, I was just like, no, nah, I mean, that's that's the way we go. It's not like, you know, she's, right. you know, rocking 2019 politics and in, in, you know, medieval I, fantasy. But I definitely do think this episode got a couple of things right. Just oh, in terms. oh, I got it. It's like Ronan. Um, he's still killing bad guys. Like he's just killing them. It's yeah. not heroic, but it, right. but is not, is yeah, it, yeah. It, it's not a necessarily, you know, bad. Yeah, it's not bad for the you know the 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 wrong reasons. I, I and and so for all this, I, I do think the episode got a couple things right. I do think, um, you know, the political machinations that you know you're not as big of a fan of, um, but they're kind of, they were inevitable at this point. Well, and don't get me wrong, I, I've been a fan of that. That's been part of the journey. Like the show yeah. is very very centered around this whole sort of whole like politics and whatever. I'm just saying as the as the climax for the show, I feel like if the Night King really is done. And it ended the way it ended. Then it was really built up for nothing. Yeah, uh, and that's that's where I'm at too. Like the the way that they've done this, and like the the visions and stuff like that. And what did Brandy this whole fucking episode? You know, like nothing. Like we, we've got the guy. Well, who he can certainly the future. didn't explain anything. Yeah, and so like there's no uh, um anything with that, no development with that at all. You know, there's there's only a few episodes left, and and two. like I'm just saying, we got two. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's really, really going to be hard to wrap this up in a satisfying manner, especially because, you know what? The next episode is really going to be when a lot of shit goes down. And then I think they got to spend that last episode, you know, climaxing pretty hard. Or, or I mean, like, you know, uh, uh, getting through some resolution. Um, yeah. Although that said, I don't know that this show gets a resolution. It could be like Sopranos and everything just fades to black, you know? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, again... Oh, wouldn't that be some sweet, sick shit if they leave it with Daenerys, the Mad Queen, you know, riding the throne? Yeah. Burning everything with her dragons. Uh, Sitting on a pile of corpses. A, after a she, dragon. Unless yeah, she's magically dragon. got some eggs somewhere else. Um, 
I wouldn't rule that out too. Maybe they spend a whole season in SS dragon hunting and the next spinoff or whatever. Yeah. Um, I know that she bought John, um, some pumpkin spice latte and he was totally just hanging out with his friends and drinking wine the whole time. Yep. That's why she was giving him side eye in the mess hall. Cause she's like, you said, you promised you would be home by eight. We could watch, um, I don't know, whatever, whatever. Some <laughs> TV show. What Game you, of Thrones. We're going to watch Game of Thrones. What do people watch these, these days? I don't know. Um, um so, it did do a couple things right. Um, I definitely liked um, a couple pieces of dialogue that Tyrion had. For sure. Um, Tyrion's kind of a goldmine for me pretty much Even always. though he's kind of being written sloppily this season too. Uh, just because um, previous seasons Tyrion wouldn't have probably let her do that in March. And I realize that she's the queen and he still has to kind of abide by her wishes and stuff. But previous past seasons of Tyrion have been able to kind of manipulate his way out of, you know, doing really stupid fucking shit like that. Even, you know, like, we've almost instantly got Varys uh, uh, turning on Daenerys. You know, like, that, that was another sort of, like, lazy-ass, like, you're already plotting a coup, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. It, that's, yeah, the whole thing's kind of weird. I do really like, um, so, uh, at one point, Danny kind of gives John an ultimatum that um, you can't tell anybody about your heritage, because if you do, they'll they'll rally for you, and I can't rule with you taking the attention away blah 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 basically like she didn't come out and say taking the attention away but that basically was it like, yeah yeah and he was like but i have to tell them they're my sisters they're my family um and you know she kind of gave him the are they really look um mm-hmm. uh but she 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 did say if no, you do this they are either way yeah <laughs> she did say if you do this this is what will happen and uh and she was 100 percent right uh, because sansa um, she didn't spend all that time around Littlefinger and not pick anything up. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's definitely got some motives. And and uh, again, like I said, the one thing that I really, really took away from this episode that I really in, in, like and that I don't want to be looked at as negative is it it took six years, but we are getting like an actual character arc with Sansa. She 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 went through the first several seasons really not doing much of anything. Yeah, well, still, the thing is, she's getting a character arc now, but she's still not really doing anything. Like, uh, um, this is another thing, like, where I think, you know, that that is one of the plausible theories that I've heard, is that we are basically setting up a, you know, everybody dies, except for Sansa and Tyrion, and maybe that's a little bit of a happy ending, because they'll be just rulers and, and you know, uh, do the right thing. Like, Tyrion on the throne actually would, could probably be one of the best endings of the show, uh, um, or the best, you know, endings for that, that humanity, you know, that, that, uh, world. Um, they're, they're, you know, populous. Uh, it's not necessarily one of the most satisfying endings, uh, um, that they could come up with, but, uh, um, especially not if they're doing it, you know, the way that they seem to be doing it right now. But, uh, uh, still, same thing, you know, like all that for Sansa to, you know, essentially do nothing. I mean, she hasn't really done anything in, in the, the whole run of the thing. I mean, obviously she's had character growth, but, you know, it, it still comes with not really having any own, um, it I guess, really feels like for her world. to still be alive at this point in the show that there's a purpose for that. And if we don't get a purpose, it's going to be really disappointing. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like the, the purpose could be something at the, at the very, very end. It just seems like, man, we're, we're taking a long, windy road for, you know, not a lot of, you know, I, I don't know the payoff, the payoff, you know, there's in previous seasons, there has been a huge payoff that's been set up over, you know, sometimes, you know, all the seasons that's come before it, sometimes just the one season. Uh, and so here, I just, I feel like, you know, especially Killing the Night King, I, I really kind of feel like they shot their wad on that one. And it was, you know, four episodes too early. Yeah. Um, and that, and then we got, we got Arya and Clegane. Yeah. Um, heading off to, uh, you know, the Red Keep because they got, they got shit to do. 
Yeah, they gotta go kill uh, Sand. No, 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 not Sandor. The other one, the Gregor. Um, yeah, the mountain. They gotta re-kill him. They got, yeah, they gotta re-kill Zombie Zombie Mountain. <laughs> uh, and you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see um, Arya come flying out of nowhere and stabbing Cersei. I think you know. Yeah, I think they gotta give that death to Jaime. I, I think know. that's I think that's the ultimate culmination of Jaime's arc is he kills Cersei. Or Arya walks in on him, fucking her again, and just like, kills him. He's like, both. really, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but- I, I did like that moment between between uh, Jamie and uh, um, the big woman, um, Brienne. <laughs> Brienne. Yeah, I I just I had to call her that because <laughs> where did the big woman go? Yeah. Um, um, see, that's another thing. Like, if they can't, like. If they if Jamie goes back and just goes back with Cersei and suddenly starts supporting her in any way again, it just is it throws out all of the character development that they've done on him. It'll be like Danny Rand in Iron Fist season one, and then Danny Rand in the Defenders. Yeah, except for probably worse because one of these was at least written reasonably well up until recently. <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah, fair. I actually really have not had a problem with any of the writing of Game of Thrones up until this season. Like this season, I'm just kind of like, really? Like we waited two years, and this is this is what you people, came up with. People started getting a little bit fussy with this last season, mainly because it, it started looking a little bit like we got a little too much plot armor on uh, on our heroes, and that's still a complaint I see right now is that like there's too much plot armor, and I don't necessarily disagree. The thing I well, it, it, I think it's actually you know somebody was quoting Martin uh, earlier on Twitter or Reddit or something, and said they said basically Martin was of the opinion of like if you're not going to kill your characters, you can't put them in, in situations where they should die. Like, and what I meant, what he means by that is like, and how I think it applies here is if you look at battle for Winterfell, like half the goddamn episode, I thought everybody was going to die because, you know, like they had walkers like literally crawling all over Brienne, like just top to bottom. There was like three, three times that I can remember off the top of my head where I thought she was gone. Same thing with Jamie, same thing with a few different characters. And so like, but they never actually pull the trigger on any of those. And so it feels like, okay, that, that's just plot armor. Like if, if you, uh, if you're going to put them in those situations, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it actually doesn't make sense. It took me out of the world, uh, the way that they, they, you know, threaten that the characters. I mean, there are things you can do to threaten the characters, uh, but they should be able to overcome it without being like yeah well while you turned away she turned around and slayed you know eight of them or something like that like that just it didn't make a lot of sense and so that that i think is the problem i have here like it didn't bother me that our characters sort of have a little bit of plot armor because let's face it um all characters have plot armor uh whether you like it or not uh or at least anybody they want to see get to a certain point in the plot it's just telling that story convincingly or not like are you telling the story convincingly or are you not um so, yeah, that's the thing that I found frustrating. Um, or th- that's what I found frustrating. And, and so it didn't bother me this last season because it's like, yeah, actually, I'm okay. Like, we're getting to the point where um, we're getting into, you know, like the last phase. And we have to see some of these characters start winning. Because if the story is just literally everybody fucking, like, dies except for the one character that you got lucky for rooting for, then that's not a good story either, you know? Well, and let's, let's, let's address the dragon situation. Shall we? One more time. So we're talking about a dragon. Uh, dragons been around for I don't know how long in in the lore of this, but dragons long are big, they're a big deal, like they're a big Targaryens, deal and they're nigh indestructible. Yeah, right. Um, there's another point in the book too. And like, you're telling um, me that Euron fucking Greyjoy developed a solution to kill a dragon. Well, so the thing is, um, the dragons were difficult to kill, and there are stories of that. Like, I think uh, you know, in the books, it, it's more telling, and you, like you basically have to hit a bullseye, you know, with a ballista, like right in their fucking eye. Um, 
I think that making them slightly more vulnerable in the show, again, if done properly, like I, I could, I would be fine with uh, seeing you know one of the dragons go down to a ballista of that size. It's just not it, not the way that they did it. You know, like they didn't make, they didn't set that up in a way. You know, it was meant to shock, but it only shocked because I was like, well, that's fucking stupid. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, the shocking thing was like nobody on set was like, you know, it can fly. It it, it doesn't have to stay well, down there. I think the I think the real character arc here is is going to be that. Jon Snow snubbed Ghost. Yeah. He didn't tell him good boy, pat him on the head or anything. Because I think he's the, like, the, in the end, Ghost is on play, the throne. He had to go play with his new shiny dragon. And now he doesn't have either. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that was such a lazy ass excuse, too. I uh, I read somewhere they were basically like, well, it was hard to give him a fitting send off because he's CG. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's a good thing they got the real fucking dragons and, and you know, giant ships uh, right. for this. Right. It's like, uh, really? 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 Yeah, that's they. They were like they they put him in they put him in the scene via CG, but they couldn't get Jon Snow to come back and do a reshoot to yeah. interact with him at all. And I'm like, that's if that's really the case, then that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's another one where it it feels like they they were setting something up with that. Um, uh, you know, with Ghost and Jon Snow, and then they just left that right on the table. Like, I don't I don't see Ghost running into battle on this last one. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I just, man. This is what pisses me off. I actually didn't hate the first two episodes of this season. I thought they were slower. Um, but yeah. I but I thought that was good because they were actually like doing some good character development and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then these last two episodes, the Battle for Winterfell, and then the the Last of the Starks, I'm just like, what? What? What are they doing? Like, why? Yeah. Why? And and then I didn't watch the show. I didn't watch the show until like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And so I finished it all, and then I I waited alongside the rest of all you fuckers, like for the new season, and I'm like, this is what it's like to watch the show as it comes out, and yeah. I'm like, this isn't much fun at all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we started at the beginning, and, and the, the the time between is rough, especially because you know it's kind of a long time between seasons too. But I mean, um, at the longest, the seasons are only ten episodes. And yeah, then last season was only seven, and then this year we only get six. So. I, you know, I think you know this doesn't necessarily have to be the problem, but I think a problem you, like you can always almost see the correlation between budget each season gets and, and you know the quality of the writing. Uh, um, so you know this season I think is probably going to be one of the most expensive seasons of TV, but it's the writing is just it, it's it's really hamstringing what this show could be. I think so. Like, we uh, need to fire for the six fin- of the staff writers it. because uh, we we have dragons in every episode. So sorry, guys. Yeah, basically, I I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think that's exactly the calculus, but it feels like they they're like, well, we got to use this budget, so let's do big battles or something like that. Yeah. But they're not really spending the time uh, setting those battles up well. Um. Uh. And, and and you know, ultimately, like I want them to do the big battles, but that's not really why I'm here. Like that's not what I'm here for. Um. Uh. But anyway, that also kind of just feels like Martin is just kind of sitting back, um, and he's cashing. Oh, he's just checks. catching those regi- the, those checks, yeah. And like he's gonna write a book that's gonna end the series completely differently. Like, I do think the the ending. Well, first off, uh, the, it was said that uh he told Benioff and Weiss uh the ending. Uh, Martin did told him the ending to the story. Problem is. Not even Martin knows how he's supposed to get there. Like, that's the one of the things that slowed the writing so far to a slog, is he said, uh, I think somewhere along the lines, he said, I, I killed off a character and did not realize quite the fucking conundrum that was going to leave me with, in with how to get these characters from, you know, point A to point B. Uh, and then the second thing is, I, th- I think he, at this point, I think he's just kind of checked out. Like, 
Uh, I well, think it's no longer like it's nothing he needs to do because he, he's got money now. Like and he just I think it's just like he's made it series. more difficult, you know. He just wrote another book for the series that's not part of the actual main series. It was like a, um, a beginner's guide to the Targaryens or whatever. Yeah. Know, something like that. And like everybody in the world is like, what the fuck is this shit? Why don't you finish your fucking story? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. On the one hand, I kind of can't blame them. But on the other hand, it's like. I'm not a writer. I've, I've given up. I've given up any hope of ever seeing Martin finish the series. Like I, I don't think it's going to happen. And even if he did at this point, like I, I read. Um, kind of makes me wonder if I even want to really start. I, I read I like s- the first six pages the other day, and I'm like, do I want to do this? Okay, like- I'll, I'll tell you. The first three books are some of the best books in fantasy literature, which is like period. Uh, Feast for Crows is a slog, but you know, I've, I've been through slogs before. I read every single book of the Wheel of Time, and those, you know, books nine, ten, and eleven are kind of rough. Um, I've read the stand in it multiple times. So, you know, yeah. Um, well, those are, you know, critically acclaimed, uh, um, especially compared to this, but anyway, you know what else they are though? Uh A thousand fucking pages. Yeah. Feast slows way the fuck down. It is a huge book with a, and and it, you know, immediately veers from like all the characters you care about to a bunch of new characters that you just straight up don't. Uh, and then dance, uh, dance comes out after that. I honestly couldn't even get it halfway through it. So, I gave up after two or three hundred pages. I was just like, I, I, I just, I have no desire to read this next chapter. I'm just gonna stop. You know, I think, I think maybe, it's on the TV. I'll find out how the story ends, and that's gonna have to be the end for me. I think maybe one of the one of the big issues that HBO is having is that maybe they're realizing they shouldn't have signed off on doing this series until there was an actual like resolution, and they knew how they could get there logically. Well, without making the, shit up as they go along. Here's the thing. I think actually the the problem now is we are literally in uncharted territory. Like once they got to the end of dance, the material Martin had written, it became a lot more difficult for them to figure out how to move the puzzle pieces into place themselves. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. Like, well, it really seems like they, they probably wrote some scripts and they're like, Hey, uh, George, you want to take a look at these? He's like, eh, all right. Fuck ever. It looks yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. You got my check. Yeah. <laughs> like the big story beats are going to be there, I think, but um, it's just not as satisfying how they get there. There's a lot more subtlety in the initial seasons, I think. Uh, um, the, and there's a lot more like rewatchability in it because they just bury things three layers deep. And uh, it, I just, we're not getting that out of this season, I don't think. And, and you know, it, it lightened up, uh, I think, quite a lot in the last season, which is, you know, basically really when we got into the part where there was no books to back it. Um, it's also telling, you know, like I was saying, the, the Feast and Dance are kind of slow books and i couldn't even get through dance you know they combine those two books into one season whereas the previous book um is it storm of swords crown of swords i can't fucking remember i get my martin and yeah. uh whatever mixed up i think it's storm of swords um they uh they split that up that that actually became i think th- season three and four um uh and it totally earned it like book two was like hooker full of arrows or something like that yeah probably um so anyway, uh, I think that's a call back to Joffrey. I think that's all I got for Game of Thrones. I I, I could just you know I'm just gonna spend the next half hour dogging on it if we keep going. So yeah, I think I, I think kind of beating this dead horse. Do that like and and I I don't I don't hate the show, but like oh no, I'm, I mean it's still one of my favorite shows. I'm still super looking forward to the next episode. I'm just they're they're sort like they're gonna finish and it's gonna be something that I'm still probably gonna heavily recommend to people. Um, it's not gonna be like lost levels of bad for me. Um, but uh. It it just doesn't feel like we're we're tying it up satisfyingly right now, or at least as satisfyingly as it should be. And part of that is, it's the hype problem. Like there's just far 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 too much hype I think yeah. around this, um, and I think that's probably a little bit of the issue too. But and and guys, um, uh, we're we're probably going to talk about Game of Thrones again next week. Um, but I near guarantee it. Yeah. You know what I think we should talk about next week? Mm. And I'm just going to dangle this out there for people. Mm. I think 
we should probably talk about Star Trek Discovery because we have not talked about season two at no, all. No, we haven't. Yes, we definitely need to do um, that. And then we also do have a request uh, from one of our Twitter followers um, that we should watch the show Happy. Yeah. Uh, starring Christopher Maloney and a cartoon donkey. Yeah. Unicorn, I guess. Played by Pat Oswalt. Yeah. Um, Eddie well, voiced by. Eddie, Eddie's watched a show or two of it. I've not watched any of it yet. Um, but uh, I guess we'll check it out. Um, yeah. I can, I can, I can probably get, get another episode of two in. I mean, any, any person that listens to us drone on and on about whatever we want to talk about every week and is like, Hey, you guys should do this. I guess I'll listen yeah. at least once. <laughs> um, don't lead me down this dark path if it's not worth it though. Yeah. Um, I so, guess. Yeah. That's our show for this week. Uh, again, at whatever show on both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, facebook.com slash whatever show, questions at whatever.co or sponsor at whatever.co if you want to, um, you know, pay us your, money. give us money to pay sell him your stuff. He's money. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. See you next week. Later.